Good morning, Marketplace, and welcome to our Wednesday Night Fuel. Again, my honor and privilege to be before you. Let's get our notebooks out and let's prepare for the word of the Lord. Just a couple of things that I need to say to us before we go into the word as you are uh, liking and sharing this video, letting everybody know and inviting them to the virtual sanctuary. A couple of things I want to share. One, on this Sunday, this Sunday, we will have communion elements available for those of you who may not uh, be worshiping with us on Resurrection Sunday. We're going to be uh, at the table of the Lord on Resurrection Sunday. And for those of you who want to come and take your consecrated elements uh, to your family or your friends, we will have those elements available to you. In addition to this Sunday, we are also going to have elements available on Good Friday uh, here at the cathedral from 5 to 7. Uh, we will have someone here available from 5 to 7 on Good Friday for you to be able to come down and receive your consecrated elements. And so I encourage all of you either this Sunday or on Good Friday between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. here at the cathedral, we will have elements available for you. Um, in addition to that, on this Monday, so coming up, we will begin our corporate fast. Um, we're going to keep it broad. Uh, please make sure that you are consulting with any of your doctors about any medication that you may take. We want to make sure that we are getting some participation in our corporate fast. Uh, normally, um, you know, we would be doing a, a Daniel fast, as some call it. Now, a strict Daniel fast is very specific. But for those of us, for those of you who are going with us, simply no meats, no sweets, no caffeine. That's an easy way to think about it. No meats. And when I say no meats, none. I mean, no fish, no poultry, no meats, no sweets, no caffeine. All right, we will enter into that uh, time of fasting on Monday and we will break fast on Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. We are still talking about operating in authority. Uh, we, we started off this year's consecrated builders making a decision. And then in addition to that, now we're dealing with spiritual authority. In dealing with spiritual authority, we have started working with the instructions of the Lord. And so when we start talk about operating in spiritual authority, just so that we can be, be clear here, walking in spiritual authority is the, is the proper enforcement of the word of God, the proper enforcement of the word of God. In Matthew chapter 10, we see, if you will look there, verse one, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind, underline that, of disease and every kind, underline that, of sickness. Now, if you go down to verse five, these 12, Jesus sent out after, look at this, instructing them. So he gives them the authority, but there was some instructions that came. And these instructions we start seeing laid out in verse five, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep 
of the house of Israel. Now, let me stop right there. Some vital things that I, that I want to deal with today, I'm, I'm only going to deal with two points, and then I'll pick up again even further on Sunday. So we see these instructions. They're not sent out to utilize this authority until after the instructions are given. But there's two things I want to talk about these instructions. Number one, matter of fact, let me go backwards a little bit because I gave you guys seven points on Sunday and I'm going to restate those seven real fast. Instructions provide the full list of materials. So when you talk about the instructions of the Lord, the instructions are going to show you everything that you need in order to receive the promised result. Number two. Instructions give the order of operations. If you want to see what God promised, you have to do it God's way. This is this was true. Old Testament is true. New Testament, even when they made the tabernacle, he said, make it according to the pattern. Number three, instructions provide access to help for further clarification. If you're in the midst of a thing and you've been given the instructions, embedded within those instructions are a way to receive help. Glory to God. Number four. Instructions are not optional, and we'll deal with that a little bit tonight. They're not optional. If we want it to turn out God's way, we have to do it God's way. Number five, success without instructions is the result of grace and mercy. Success without instructions is the result of grace and mercy. So we don't celebrate that or think that it's good as if that is the normative way of God. Thank God for grace and mercy, but we have some people who are receiving success, but that success is not because they did it God's way. It's because God is good and he showed grace and mercy. Number six, admiring or rejoicing over the instructions will build nothing. Simply, you know, praising God for the instruction, admiring the instruction or rehearsing the instruction, but refusing to deploy the instruction is not going to build a thing. And then finally, number seven, instructions never contradict the original manufacturer's intent. There is no instruction that will go against God's word. Now, let's go deeper. Write this down. Number one, everything and everyone is not your assignment. Write that down. Everything and everyone is not your assignment. Third time for all of my people who are suffering from approval addiction. Everything and everyone is not your assignment. If you notice there in verse five, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them. Look at this. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter any of the city of the Samaritans. So even before he tells them what they're supposed to do, he tells them what they're not supposed to do. The instructions of the Lord are all encompassing. They don't only give you the do, but they also give you the do not. You hear that? And, and, and we have to understand that everything and everyone is not my assignment. Some of us, some of us, are complaining to God about what's not working in your life. You're complaining to God, this ain't right and that's not right and this is not coming to pass. In other words, what you're saying is, I'm not seeing the promised result. But some of us aren't seeing the promised result because we're operating outside of God's instructions. You're not even doing what God has told you to do. Uh, and I'm talking about doing it exactly. I want somebody to, to write in those comments, put do it exactly, do it exactly. We, 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 we oftentimes we want to, to be all things to all people, you know, quoting that text from Paul, but not understanding 
that Paul wasn't talking about getting outside of God's will. Paul was not talking about doing things the way he wants to do them. In verse five, again, do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not go in the way, go to any of the city of the Samaritans, but rather go, verse six, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, this is not about, because somebody will listen to this like, woo, I get to cut people off. We're always quick for that. All I'm trying to get us to focus on is, Lord, I only want to operate in the lane that you called me to operate in. Please hear me when I say this. I am not trying to to give anyone a license to be uh, so selective or a license to be, um, you know, so standoffish. That's not the will of God. But what I am saying is we have to say, God, listen, I only want to do what you want me to do. And I don't want to waste any time or any energy doing anything else, but what you want me to do. That's it. Because everything and everybody is not your assignment. You will see some things and you'll be like, oh man, that's terrible. I get that. But please understand when God gives you authority, he gives you a authority for something. Even when the Bible says, watch this, when Jesus is entering into his ministry, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for it has anointed me too. He knew what he was anointed to do. And he only functioned within the scope of what he was anointed to do. Some of us are receiving bad results because we're trying to operate outside of the scope of our anointing. We're trying to operate outside of the scope of our authority. We're trying to do things for people and in environments that, that, that we're not graced to walk in. Just because you think it's a good opportunity that doesn't mean that you have the grace for it. Just because you can even see a deficiency, that doesn't mean that you have the grace for it. The Lord tells them in these verses, the Lord tells them we're not to go just like he tells us we're not to go. And, and, and we can't overlook that. Preachers, hear me. You know, just because somebody offers you, you know, can you come preach? Everything's not your assignment. You may not have the grace to preach everywhere. Glory to God. And, and, and see, this is where we get in trouble. And I'll get to this on Sunday. This is where we get in trouble when we start using what God called us to as a means to try to, uh, you know, be rich or be great or be grand. That's not God's will. That's not what God intended. And, and, and some of when, when you start walking into that now, all of a sudden, you know, in order to pay your car note, you have to go outside of God's will to go and work in an area that God never intended. Please hear me when I say this. Everything is not your assignment. Everyone is not your assignment. Now, let's go further. Don't give up on the work because you're not seeing the promised result. Don't give up on the work because you're not seeing the promised result. But here's what I want you to do. When you're not seeing the promised result, I want you to ask God, number one, am I doing something outside of the scope of my authority? That's number one. Am I doing something outside of the scope of my authority? Number two, have I missed your instructions? 
Have I missed your instructions? Am I operating outside of your instructions? Because those are the two things that will really, they're like bookends. Am I operating outside of the scope of authority? Number two, am I out operating outside of your instructions? Because if I'm within the scope of authority and within the instructions of the Lord, I will see the promised result. Once God speaks, once God speaks, do not deviate from the instructions. Once God speaks, do not deviate. I don't care if, if you see something that looks crazy or if you feel something or, if, you know, people think in a, a certain type of way. When God tells you to do something, you do not deviate. Come on, somebody write in those comments. Do not deviate. Everything and everyone is not your assignment. But when you find out what is your assignment, I need you to lock hold because too many of us are giving up prematurely. Everything and everyone is not your assignment, but when you find out what is your assignment, I need you to lock in no matter what you see. Don't give up on the grace of God. Don't give up on the will of God. Don't give up on the instructions of God. I don't care how it feels. We walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. And so number one, everything and everyone is not your assignment. Now, number two, Number two, this is my last point of the night. The instructions of the Lord do not cater to our preferences. Write that down. The instructions of the Lord do not cater to our preferences. Third time, the instructions of the Lord do not cater to our preferences. Too many of us, too many of us, too many of us. I know I have. We say yes to God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. And then we want to tell God how we're going to comply. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You've you've given the Lord your yes, but then that yes has all of these caveats with it. You know, we say yes to God. Then we want to tell God how we're going to comply. Give me some examples. Well, you say, God, I, I, I'll preach. I, I will. I believe the call of God is on my life and I'll preach as long as y'all hear that. As long as I get to preach the message that I want to the group that I want. If I get to preach the message I want to the group that I want, then I'll do it. And I know that this is taking place because, listen, we have so much preaching going on right now that is just trying to follow the wave or ride the wave of popular trend as opposed to flowing in the will of God. You don't have to. Oh, man, you don't have to be popular in your preaching. You don't have to find out what is the latest, greatest song and, and and, and, and title all of your, your, your series and your sermons after the latest and greatest song. You don't have to do all of that. You got to stick to this word. And too many of us are saying yes to God, but we think that we're being cute and we think that we're being relative and relatable and all of that. Well, you got to relate to the people. No, no, no. We have to do what the Lord says. This is what we have to do. We have to, the Bible says, fear God, keep his commandments. That's the only duty of man. I got to do what God says. And so, so many of us, we say yes to God, but then we have these caveats. I'll give you another one. Ah, man. God, I'll, I'll, I'll serve. I'll serve in ministry. I will. As long as, there it is again, as long as every part of my service always caters to my preference. 
and makes me feel comfortable. I'll serve as long as all of my service always caters to my preference. This is the way I like it done. This is what I want it to be. This is the way I want it to look. And it makes me feel comfortable. But wait a minute, what does God want? What about when God wants us to walk a road that's uncomfortable? What about when God wants us to serve in an environment that's uncomfortable to us? What about that? Is it about us or is it about the will of God? I'm going to this verse here in just a minute. I got one more example. God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Y'all know how we do. As long as, there it is again. As long as it's where I want to go and what I want to do. This is where many of us are right here. I'm following the instructions of the Lord. No, what you're doing is you're giving God a yes with conditions. You're giving God a yes with all of these caveats. I'll preach as long as it's my message. I'll serve as long as I'm comfortable. I'll go as long as I get to pick the destination. And that is not going to work. Following instructions. Listen to this. Following instructions is only a problem to people who are not yielded. Following instructions, hallelujah, is only a problem to people who are not yielded. And listen to me, consecrated builders. God is looking for yielded vessels. The specifics of the Lord's instructions are not up for debate. He wants people who are yielded. Another word for yielded, submitted. Come on now, all in, willing and obedient. Come on. God is looking for yielded vessels, but many of us are not yielded. You yielded with your mouth, but not yielded with your heart. You yielded on Sunday, but not yielded on Monday. You're yielded in front of people, but you're not yielded in private. You're yielded as long as you see the benefit, but you're not yielded when God wants to be benefited. God is looking for yielded vessels. And please hear me when I say this. The instructions of the Lord do not cater to your preference. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your last name is. God's will is what is paramount. I don't care about your title. I don't care how big your church is. I don't care where you've come from or your pedigree. None of that matters. Following the instructions of the Lord is only a problem to people who are not yielded. And an unyielded vessel is a vessel with live flesh because the spirit is willing. The flesh is what is weak. Look at verse seven in chapter 10. As you go, preach. Watch this. Now, we would have been glad. This would have worked right there. As you go, preach. Hard stop. But that's not the instructions of the Lord. Do not cater to my preference. Look at this. As you go, preach saying, which means I gave you authority. And because I've given you authority, I get to tell you what to do with it. And I get to tell you how to use it. And so if God called you to preach, he's the author of your sermons. If God called you to sing, he's the author of your set list. Hallelujah. If God called you to be met, hallelujah. If God called you to be married, because see, uh, some of us, some of us in church are operating in things and not saying, God, did you call me to it? If God called you to marriage, then he's supposed to be the author of the marriage. If God called you to children, then he is the author of your parenting. If God called you to start a business, then he is the author of the business plan. Hallelujah. And so please hear me when I say that the, when he came to them, he's given them specifics. As you go preach saying, he's the author. 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he goes on. Verse 8. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Y'all see that? Specifics. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. He's, he's being specific. Do that. Go to this group and do that. Not heal the sick you want. Not raise the dead you want. Do it. Because if he gives you the authority and you give him the yes, then he's the author of the instructions. That is good to me. If he gives you the authority and you give him the yes, he's the author of the instructions. And the instructions don't cater to my preference. Some of us aren't yielded. Some of us are not yielded. And if you don't want to be wielded, yielded, excuse me, if you don't want to be yielded, it's not going to work. It won't work. Here's what we do. We come to the Lord and we say, Lord, here's my agenda. Here's my agenda. And as I've said before, blow on it, make it work. Put your wind behind it, anoint it. Here's my stuff. But instead, what we should be saying is, Lord, I yield to your agenda. The consecrated builder has to be yielded, sold out, given over to. Hallelujah. I'm given over to your will. I'm given over to your way. I am given over to your instruction. Like Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Here, I'm yielded. Whatever you want, God, whatever you want. Like he told Abraham, leave your country and your kindred and go to a place that I will show you. I'll make your name great. He wouldn't have done it because that next verse in verse four, he says, so Abraham went. Why? Why was Abraham able to go? Because he was yielded. He was yielded. And the Bible says in Galatians, if you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So God has an expectation that we also should be yielded. But when God gives instructions, we want him to tweak them. When God gives instructions, we want that instruction to fit within our comfort zone. We want those instructions to pacify our flesh. We want those instructions not to change us. We want those instructions to just leave us alone. God, can you bless me, but I don't have to change. God says, no, I want you to be yielded. Yield. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody right now and I need you to just type yield. I need you to just give it all. And I'm not talking about yield as in a driving sense because that just means to slow. Yeah, yeah, to slow. No, when I say yield, give yourself over to. Here, here, I, I yield. I, I'm speaking about it more in a parliamentarian sense. What do you mean? When you stand up, glory to God, in a parliamentarian sense and you are done talking, you would normally say, I yield the floor. In other words, I'm done and I am giving the, the, the floor to you. That's what I need somebody to do. I yield my heart to you. I yield my mind to you. That means I'm no longer in control. I trust you, God. It's a matter of faith. I trust you with my mind. I yield my child to you. I yield my marriage to you, God. I yield my job to you. I yield. I yield. I yield. And listen, listen, I, I found it interesting when I when I used to study parliamentary procedure. I've been the parliamentarian before. When you yield, sometimes you would see somebody who was given a time allotment and they would say, I yield the floor and the remainder of my 
my time. I need somebody right now. I know you feel like you're in control and listen to me. We do have free will, but I need a consecrated builder to say, God, I yield my life. Come on. I, I give up control. You can have it and you can do whatever you want to do. Somebody's like, I don't want to do that, but please understand the instructions of the Lord do not cater to our preference. And if you want to see the promised result of the authority that has been given, if you want to see the scope of authority manifest in your life, I need you to yield. Yield. And if you're having trouble yielding, it's because you need to crucify the flesh with his lust and his passions. Yield. I teach this tomorrow Sunday. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.